Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a Story Hunter Productions podcast. This episode deals with graphic content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Hamilton, Ontario, 1946. A headless human torso is discovered by a group of children. A dead baby is discovered in an attic, and a beautiful young woman is sent to prison for murder. But after serving only 11 years of a life sentence, she is released and given a new identity and a new life by the National Parole Board. And then she simply disappears. I'm Catherine Fogarty, and in this podcast, I'm bringing Evelyn Dick back to life, the irresistible femme fatale who was the central figure in one of the most grisly murder cases in Canadian history. This is Where Are You, Mrs. Dick, Episode 2, John Dick. In the fall of 1945, 25-year-old single mother Evelyn McLean announces to her mother, Alexandra, that she is getting married. This comes as a shock to Evelyn's mother, since she has just moved in with her daughter and granddaughter into a well-appointed apartment that Evelyn has rented in Hamilton. A year earlier, Evelyn had given birth to a healthy baby boy, but told her parents she had given him up for adoption. Evelyn is also going by the name Evelyn White, claiming she was married to a Norman White, an American Navy man who was tragically lost at sea. While there have been many men in Evelyn's life, she has never been married. But now, based on what she has told her mother, she's suddenly ready to settle down. But who is John Dick? John Dick was born on May 25, 1906, in New Halsbat, Russia. In 1924, at the age of 18, he immigrates to Canada with his mother, two sisters, his grandmother, and his brother-in-law. John's father had died in the famine that had swept the Soviet Ukraine and Russia in 1921. The Dick family are part of a large number of German-speaking Mennonites who fled the Russian Revolution. 
In all, approximately 21,000 Mennonites came to Canada between 1922 and 1930. While many settled in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, a few hundred, including the Dick family, settled further south in the Vineland-Beamsville area, known for its rich soil and thriving fruit farms. John's sisters are married to two brothers, John and Jacob Wall, who are successful fruit farmers, while a third brother runs a canning company in Niagara-on-the-Lake. But it turns out that John isn't really interested in the farming life. He eventually moves to Hamilton, Ontario, where he works at various jobs. Finally, in 1943, he lands a steady position with the Hamilton Streetcar and Railway Company as a bus and streetcar driver. His starting pay is 58 cents an hour. John lives in a rooming house at 143 Emerald Street in Hamilton and returns to Vineland to visit his family on his days off. At 37, he's living the life of a carefree bachelor. He enjoys drinking with his friends at the local hotels, and he definitely has an eye for the ladies. He just hasn't met the right girl to settle down with. But that's about to change. In late August 1945, while driving his regular route, an attractive young woman steps onto John Dick's streetcar. They strike up a conversation, and the dark-haired beauty introduces herself as Evelyn White. She tells John she is a widow with one child, but her naval husband has left her a good sum of money to live on. She also informs John that her father works at the Hamilton Street Railway Company. His name is Donald McLean. Hamilton playwright and producer Brian Morton. One of the comments that comes around from Dietrich's are, always said that Evelyn had a soft spot for the drivers, which her father hated. So she was well-known around the garage. Evelyn becomes a regular on John's streetcar, and the two are soon dating. He is very attracted to her, and he also feels sorry for the young widow and single mother. But what does Evelyn see in John Dick? He's a good-looking man, but he's a working-class immigrant living in a Hamilton rooming house. Evelyn is used to keeping company with much more influential and wealthier men. There was speculation at the time that Evelyn believed John had other wealth, including shares in his family's fruit farms and canning factory. But he didn't. Hamilton historian Mark McNeil. Most people think that she was under some impression that he was more wealthy than he turned out to be. And and this might have had much to do with... uh, what they decided to do with him, um, that he uh, had misrepresented himself. Three months after meeting Evelyn, John runs into an old friend, Dominic Polis. The former work colleagues haven't seen each other in two years, and John is happy to announce that he's getting married. John then asks Dominic to be his best man at his wedding, that is to take place in three days. But while John Dick is excited about putting his bachelor days behind him, His bride-to-be isn't quite ready to give up her busy social life, and she's got a new man in her sights. William Bill Bohozak is a tall, handsome athlete. He is an accomplished oarsman with the Leander Boat Club in Hamilton. 
Dedicated to his sport, he rows three hours every evening and never misses a weekend on the water. The young oarsman is well-liked by others in the rowing club and is known for his easygoing, gentle nature. Bill rowed for the Leander Boat Club, and as Doug makes the point in the play, if you were an athlete in the 1940s in Hamilton, you had no trouble meeting women or getting laid, as he puts it in the play. And uh, there's no question he was a really handsome, beefcakey kind of guy, and he was famous in the community, and there were lots of girls who kind of, you know, uh, desired him. Bill has a secure factory job at the Dominion Foundry and lives with his family at 21 Picton Street in Hamilton. Other than rowing, he likes cars, fine clothing, horses, and pretty women. And it was at a horse track in 1944 that Bill met a woman named Helen Clean Mitchell. She was a widow whose husband had been in the horse racing business before he died. They began dating, and one day while in downtown Hamilton, Helen introduced him to another young widow she had known for several years. Her name was Evelyn White. Bill thought the woman was attractive, but at the time, he only had eyes for Helen. A month after their chance meeting with Evelyn, Bill and Helen got married. But just three months after their wedding, Helen suddenly packed up and left Bill. Now, single again, Bill has resumed his former bachelor lifestyle, but puts most of his spare time into rowing. In the spring of 1945, Bill runs into that other young widow again, the one his estranged wife had introduced him to. But this time, he takes a closer look at her. They talk for a while, and then Evelyn hands him her phone number. Call me sometimes, she says. And Bill does. He calls several times over the next few weeks, but he can never reach Evelyn. So eventually, he stops calling. It would be several months until he ran into her again. And this time, he wasn't going to let her get away without agreeing to go on a date with him. A decision he would end up regretting for the rest of his life. In the afternoon of October 4, 1945, 24-year-old Evelyn White, Nee McLean, marries John Dick, who is 15 years her senior. The wedding is a simple affair, with John's friend Dominic Polis and his girlfriend Dorothy as their witnesses. Evelyn's parents refuse to attend the ceremony. John Dick is simply not suitable for their daughter. He is a foreigner and a streetcar operator with a paltry income. Not the class or pocketbook of the husband, Alexandra McLean, had been hoping for her daughter. The bride wears a fashionable short dress and a cloth coat trimmed with Persian lamb fur. After the wedding ceremony, the two couples go for a quiet dinner. Dominic and Dorothy would later report that they thought the newlyweds seemed happy together. Later that evening, John assumes he and his bride will be spending their wedding night together, but Evelyn tells him her three-bedroom apartment is just too small for him to be there. He will need to buy them a house if they are going to live as husband and wife. Hamilton playwright Brian Morton believes John Dick misrepresented himself and his finances. Their marriage ends on their wedding night when Evelyn finds out that he had lied to her. You know, John said he had money. He had shares mm. in a can and he was going to buy her a house. 
At 12.15 on her wedding night, Evelyn returns to her apartment alone and crawls into bed beside her mother. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's mid-October 1945 when Bill Bohuzak once again runs into the alluring and mysterious Evelyn White in downtown Hamilton. But this time he asks her out before she can get away. She eagerly accepts and the two go for drinks. She tells him her naval husband was killed in the war and she is going back to her maiden name, McLean. But she fails to mention that she has just gotten married to John Dick two weeks prior. Evelyn and Bill agree to meet again the following Sunday. While Evelyn is planning her next date with Bill, her new husband John is desperately trying to find a home for himself and his new bride so they can live together as husband and wife. But he has one small problem. He has no money. When the rooming house he's living in goes up for sale, he approaches Evelyn and her mother for the down payment. He needs $1,200 to purchase the $3,000 property. But both of the women refuse to loan him the money, and for Evelyn's mother, this is further proof that John Dick is a poor choice for a husband. 
Evelyn's out of his league. Evelyn's in his is in her 20s and she's beautiful and attractive and sexually desirable and he's a 40-year-old dumpy old trolley driver. Meanwhile, Evelyn isn't really paying attention to her new husband one way or another. She's too busy enjoying her time with Bill. They are going out on dates and Bill is even lending her his car after she complains that hers has been stolen. In reality, her father, Donald McLean, has cut her off from using his Chrysler because he is so angry at her for marrying John Dick. Evelyn starts showing up at Bill's work Dominion Foundry to borrow his car while he works the day shift. But it doesn't take long for someone else to show up at Bill's work, too. John Dick has been spying on his wife and discovers she is sleeping with Bill Bohozik. John shows up at Dominion Foundry and confronts Bill, telling him to stay away from his wife. Wife? says a confused and surprised Bill. He tells John he had no idea she was married. The two men talk for a while before a tearful and distraught John walks away. After their meeting, Bill Bohozik telephones Evelyn immediately to tell her he wants his car keys back. He has no desire to date a married woman, but he hasn't seen the last of Evelyn Dick. With her love life temporarily interrupted, Evelyn turns her attention back to her living situation, and she purchases a house in Hamilton for $6,300 with a $2,500 down payment. For a woman who has never held a legitimate job, she has a lot of money, which lends itself to the theory she was a paid escort. But Brian Morton has a different opinion. She gets money, $4,000. Where that $4,000 comes from, we don't know. I likely think it came from her father, who was certainly flush enough. On October 31st, 1945, Evelyn, her mother, and her daughter moved from their Hanson Park apartment into a three-story brick house at 32 Carrick Avenue. John Dick is there to meet them, much to her mother's displeasure. And Evelyn allows her husband to move in with them. But a happy home life is not in the cards for the newlyweds. John initially helps with cleaning and repairs around the house, but when he finds out his name has been excluded from the mortgage and the ownership, he refuses to do any more work in the house or contribute financially. Evelyn's mother later testifies in court that Evelyn and John bickered constantly, and it was mostly about money. Mrs. McLean says she ended up loaning her son-in-law over $300 which she never got back. A few weeks after moving into the Carrick Avenue house, Evelyn goes to a lawyer to get a separation agreement. But when she presents it to John, he refuses to sign it. He is determined to make his marriage work. She has made it very clear. She wants this marriage over. She doesn't want to see him again. She doesn't want to have anything to do with him. He is stalking her. He fears his wife is still dating Bill Bohozik. So he tries to make her jealous by talking about other women. And when he's not working, he spies on her. Across town, Bill Bohozik is staying away from the married Evelyn. But he is hearing rumors that John Dick is becoming increasingly paranoid. He decides to buy a gun. John and Evelyn spend Christmas of 1945 together at the Carrick Avenue house, but the relationship is in tatters. In the new year, John moves in with his cousin Alex Kammerer and his wife Anne. He tells his cousin that his marriage doesn't stand a chance unless he can get rid of his mother-in-law. 
But despite all of his complaining, John is still not ready to give up on his marriage, and he admits to his cousin that he is staking out Evelyn's house every day before he goes to work. His obsession with getting his wife back eventually causes problems at his work. He has four traffic accidents while driving his streetcar route, and his boss threatens to fire him if his performance doesn't improve. And making his life even worse is having to deal with Evelyn's father, Donald McLean, who also works at the Hamilton Street and Railway. I think her father was a dreadful person, a, a, a drunk, abusive, all that stuff. McLean hates John Dick and is happy to tell anyone who will listen. According to him, his daughter has married a scrounger and a scoundrel. Eventually, the arguing and the tension between Donald McLean and John Dick becomes unbearable for their work colleagues. Their supervisor, Raymond Castle, has had enough of the two men squabbling and threatens them both with dismissal if they can't keep their domestic issues out of the office. Castle later testifies that things seemed to quiet down between Dick and McLean after he threatened to fire them. But a few weeks later, Castle receives a call from the Hamilton police. Apparently, John Dick has contacted the police to report that Donald McLean has a gun and he has threatened to shoot him. Castle calls McLean into his office to ask him about the threat, but McLean denies it and says he doesn't even own a gun. What the police, nor the Hamilton streetcar and railway supervisor know at the time is that John Dick has confronted his father-in-law and has threatened to expose him unless McLean convinces Evelyn to stay with her husband. John knows that McLean has been stealing cash and tickets from the company for years. In fact, it was Evelyn who told John all about her father's scheme. McLean is furious and threatens to kill Dick if he says anything. And John takes the threat very seriously. He knows his father-in-law has a volatile temper. At the end of January 1946, John Dick contacts the Hamilton police to report his father-in-law's threat. Just five weeks later, on Wednesday, March 6, 1946, John Dick fails to show up for work. The following day, two city road workers come across a blood-soaked man's shirt lying in the middle of the road up on Mountain Brow Road. The arms of the shirt appear to have been cut off and there is a lot of dried blood around the collar. Not sure what to make of it, the workmen kick it into the ditch and drive away. On the next episode of Where Are You, Mrs. Dick? Where is John Dick? If we could go back in time to 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday, March the 6th, and see what happens to John Dick after he leaves the Windsor Tavern at about 1.30. Does a gruesome discovery on Hamilton Mountain solve the mystery of the missing streetcar driver? Bodies were found on the side of the escarpment all the time. Uh, and pre-DNA, to remove a head and remove the hands, fingerprints and teeth records, basically meant that bodies were unidentifiable. Evelyn, oh Evelyn, it's been a very long time since you went away from here. Your cigarette and big door eyes, your cigarette and big door eyes. Evelyn, oh Evelyn, 
this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Just a little bit sick, tell me one thing How could you, Mrs. Dick? How could you, Mrs. Dick? Where Are You, Mrs. Dick? is written and produced by Catherine Fogarty. Audio production is by Daniel Borgers at Borgers Music. The song Evelyn Dick is written and performed by Mark McNeil. Special thank you to Mark McNeil and Brian Morton. This is a Story Hunter Productions podcast. For more information on this episode and other podcasts, visit us at storyhunterpodcasts.com. Evelyn Dick.